0: Welcome to the Business Legends podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their mistakes, pump up your own inspiration, and grow your bottom line. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, and uh, my my co-host isn't here today. He decided to up and leave and go to the beach without me, so kind of bummed out about it. So, uh, you know, if you see Christian anytime soon, make sure to uh, curse him out for me. Today, I am accompanied by a super awesome guy by the name of Scott Herbert, who owns Charlotte Doors and Closets. And they do doors and closets. <laughs> Scott, good morning. Thanks for joining me today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So how? So what is your story? How did you get into doing doors and closets? Did you? Did you? Did you get hit by a door? Did you? Did somebody like whack you with a door or something? You said I need to do this for a living, or what happened?
1: No, actually, this whole business uh, came out of uh, inspiration from uh, my 25th wedding anniversary present to my wife. Wow, I got gotcha. you. So, uh,
0: so she, so she decided to just get you a new job and pretty pretty (laughs) happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, But
1: what she had wanted was, uh, owned a number of homes around the country over the years and remodeled them. But I never got to the bedroom. Yeah. And uh, she wanted that closet that I promised her forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, the 25th wedding anniversary just seemed to be the time to do it. And so we had, uh, I did a remodel in the upstairs master, and it itself into Charlotte Doors and Closet. There
0: you go, and then it just worked out from there. It did, yeah. yeah. Now, were you what were you doing before that? Were you doing something that was um, what's it what's the a, word like craft crafts or artisan skills or you it, know woodworking or something? Yeah, or? I've
1: I've never been in the home improvement uh, side gotcha. in my entire career uh, by trade. I'm a tool and die maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went back to school for engineering and got into operating metal stamping, metal fabrication companies. Uh, just always been very good with my hands. Sure. And, um, you know, after building this closet for my wife and a number of people having said, maybe this is what you should do for a living, Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed like a foreign concept to me. I didn't think there was actually a business to be had in closets. And uh, I I was – didn't really – didn't really give it much thought because mm-hmm. I started, I, after hearing it a number of times, I, I did a little research on it and seeing there's a whole industry out there that I didn't know existed. And, yeah, um, just
0: specializes in, in this. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then we actually dumb lucked into the door side. Yeah. Um, we were the first ones that joined the one-day group when they went national. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, specialized process, technology-driven, for being able to replace, take a two, three four-week-long project of replacing all the interior doors in the home mm-hmm. to condensing that down to being able to install them in a day. Wow. And as I was... That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It, it's simply amazing. And yeah. And as I was uh, doing some research for some issues I had from the closets, sure. I I come across their ad. They had just... You're, you're speaking to the luckiest man you've ever known in yeah. your life, all right? And yeah. And I, I say that in all honesty in that when I found this ad, they had just gone live with this ad 20 minutes prior to my getting there. Wow, As I'm so on, like right then. Right, because yeah. I'm on page Google, 20, 23 page Google, which wow. Google's that far. Yeah. Um, I had just stumbled across it and yep. it spoke to me as soon as I seen it and we were in California a week later wow. signing and it a contract. Just,
0: and, and it just worked out. Yeah. How? So how did you, um, you know, from the business development side, you said, you said you said that you were in engineering and you made made dyes, you said? Dyes and yeah, metal? tool, tool metallurgi- and dye makers, yeah. uh,
1: you know, we make, make dyes that will make different metal parts, yeah. widgets. Yeah, know?
0: I got you, I got you. We um, had this, this, this is a super sidebar, but... Um, I had this friend in grad school that he he worked with a with a dye making company. and one of the dyes that they did was for Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola has a very, very, very specific red. And I, I don't know, I'm sure you could you know way more about this than I ever will, but you know, if there's like whatever a hundred thousand different colors that you could be, their red shade has to be within like three shades or something. I mean, it's something that's not distinguishable by the eye. And I distinctly remember he told me that, one time a company that he had worked for got the color wrong by like one shade or whatever, which neither you nor I would be able to tell that, you know, by looking, or maybe you would, I definitely wouldn't. And um, he said that, you know, they had this huge multi-million dollar order, wasted. Like like Coca-Cola wouldn't accept the order type of thing. And these are things that we don't think about on a day-to-day basis, but it's really interesting to think about how, um, you know, all these different processes that we take for granted and, you know, with dye, I mean, there's there's dye everywhere. I have a green shirt. You have a white shirt. David over there has a green shirt, and then we have a red mouse pad over here. It's all dyes and stuff like that. But so
1: the, yeah. the term dye in tool and dye maker is just a little bit different than what you're referring. So to so here. what are what are you talking about with this? A dye is something. So and I know the uh, the listeners really can't see what we're talking about. Yeah. The the metal components. A dye is what. Stamps forms creates puts the holes does the forming of the gotcha. metal. Components. Okay. So it's just a, it's a it it's a bit confusing with that word. Diagram. Oh yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I took. I not only did I take like a big sidebar, but I took the largest one of all time. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I took one <laughs> word and I just I just ran with it. But anyway, that's just what it reminded me of. So it's really interesting how you get how you get from there to there. Now, did you did you work? I imagine you worked for other companies at the time before you started. Draw out doors and closets right? of course or, yeah of course yes. so so what was your process of entrepreneurship like I mean you you had this skill and uh, let's kind of backtrack a little bit from there how did you learn how to do this stuff is it something you taught yourself or
1: well again as I mentioned a little bit earlier um, I've owned a number of homes around mm-hmm. the country and um, I enjoy doing projects around a home yeah. right so a company like me, could never sell to a person like me, yeah, because I don't. Yeah, you're like the, the penultimate services. do-it-yourselfer, exactly. Yeah, and uh, just over the years of having done a number of different projects on my on all the homes that I've owned and helping friends, of course, once you have skills like that, sure. your friends want you to help them, of course, all the time. Yeah, and uh, it just it just uh, it it naturally evolved mm-hmm. by. By that and then once I realized there was an actual business to be had by using those skills I just acquired through having fun over the years yeah and doing what you like yeah that uh, it just became a a, a natural fit yeah it just kind of
0: the, the glove fit so to speak when you when you decided to uh, incorporate or get your LLC how many how many projects do you think you had had done over the over the years between your homes and friends homes and and doing around the house types of projects like that? Over hundreds. Yeah, oh, okay, so yeah. it's not It's not like it was a brand new thing. For no, you. no, you, not you not had, You had like learned this process over yeah. the course of many years.
1: And so for those that are old enough to remember Tool Time, Tim the Tool, yeah. Man Taylor, and uh, uh, exactly, uh, uh. Um, I'm that guy <laughs> that owns every tool ever known oh, really? to man. Yeah. I always have. Yeah. So when we started this business, uh, you know, a big chunk of what a business needs is the yeah, equipment and the tools. Yeah, and sure. the tools to and you already had and them. And I already had them. Yeah, so, so who cares? So I had some some leg up, so to speak, yeah. with, with uh, already having all the equipment needed yeah. to do do the work that we'd be expected to do.
0: Yeah, that's that's tremendous. It's, it's amazing how, you know, you just said you're the luckiest man alive and I'm starting to believe you because it's like, it's like you really fell into something that A, you love doing, and B, you were uniquely suited to do because you know, from a, from a startup cost perspective, if somebody wanted to do what you do, they could easily spend $100,000 just getting all the right equipment in place, mm-hmm. you know? And then I guess you had spent that over the course of the last 30 years or it's something. exactly but, right. It was, it, <laughs> you know, it was years yeah. of, you know, I needed a Collecting. tool
1: that I needed one time. I went and bought a tool that I yeah. used one time and it sat in the garage. Yeah. Now I use it all the time. Do you have
0: like a like a shrine to Tim Allen in your garage somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> like a, some type of... No, some but, type of <laughs> you press a button and you just hear, you just hear, it needs more power. <laughs> <laughs> I, my my family and I, um, we love tool time and we my family and I we actually went and saw Tim Allen and uh in a stand-up in Biloxi and we just all love him to death and and you just mentioned that and I just I have all these tool time memories and stuff and so now my next door neighbor is kind of like you where he has more tools than any one human being ever should you know and he I mean you know he'll he'll come over and he'll be like he'll be like, hey where's your wire cutter I'll be like, oh I don't have one he will be like hang on and he's, like, he's like, here I I had six of these. Like, why do you have why do you have six of these? He's like, why don't you have one? That's, that's, that's <laughs> how our conversations go. I'm like, well, man has a point. <laughs> you know, so it's interesting how that how that type of stuff works. But uh I'll tell you, if you want to be popular with your neighbors, help them out with some with some of their home projects that's and exactly stuff. Right. You know? Yes. Um my neighbor, the you know, Kevin might be listening to this, and he's he is the best neighbor a guy could ask for because I, you know, I'm not like you. I'm not a handsy or or craftsy person like that. And there's the the things that I don't know how to do far outnumber the things that I do know how to do. And whenever I have a question, I'll I'll just call Kevin up and hey, Kevin, take a look at this for me. Oh, I'll be right over. You know, (laughs) that's that's the way that it goes. But uh, it's kind of interesting how how things work out. Um, So back to entrepreneurship, you have these skills, you've gained these skills, you have the tools. So you know that your startup cost is not going to be what it could be, so to speak. Um, the next step then is you know you're looking into it, you're researching it, you're you find this company the the one day turnaround door thing, and then what's what's your next step? So from a business perspective, you know how do you make decisions on things like what you're going to charge, or you know what softwares you're going to use, or how you're going to collect payment? Like what was your process from the business and boring side of things?
1: Well. I- Everything that you had just mentioned, those are all natural things that we had to think about Mm -hmm. when we first started. But when you're first starting, prior or more important than any of those is how are you going to acquire customers? Yeah, absolutely. What and how are you going to find that person that needs your services that you're you're promoting? And um, so the first things that we did... Uh, and when I say we, this is a family business. Both mm-hmm. my wife and I started this. Mm-hmm. Uh, first things that we did were start looking at different publications, different different means of taking our name, getting our name out to the general public so mm-hmm. that they see our name and associate us with certain products that we're, we're offering. Mm-hmm. And so we ch- had started off by choosing a couple of uh, home magazines to put ads in. Mm -hmm. And And they were local, um, I imagine? Well, they're they're national publications that serve local regions. Gotcha. And um, then, of course, doing Google, doing Mm -hmm. Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, things like that. And, uh, you know, all those things that you had mentioned to start with, Don't matter
0: until you have a customer. Yeah, until you have your first customer in place type of thing. Until
1: you have some customers. And um, so we, uh, you know, you you start with uh, draining your savings account. That's what you do when when you're starting a business unless you're... Taking an SBA loan. I mean,
0: those are your options pretty much.
1: And uh, so we did just that. We started draining our savings account by, uh, you know, throwing ads out there and into different publications and different medias to... Yeah. generate those, those opportunities with mm-hmm. homeowners. Yeah.
0: Now, did you, did you, um, well, I, I often talk about this. One of the one of the most overlooked resources that you have, and especially as a startup, is your time. And one of the things that I've talked about in other episodes, um, for example, we've, we had uh, Carol White with Payroll Plus. At, she was like our 12th guest or something. Awesome lady. But, um, you know, we were talking about a startup might not want to pay that, that cost of payroll. And yet, if I did payroll, the world's worst payroll person, it would take me twenty hours to do what takes Carol ten minutes mm-hmm. because I'm terrible at it. I know I'm terrible at it. I, you know, I'm not a payroll person, right? Um, so, what what was your what was your time expenditure like? Did you make any efforts to network in your area or join any groups or anything? Like, what was the first the the Going yeah. back to the start, So
1: time was very precious yep. when we started. And yep. when I say when we started, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a context of start as the first three years in business. Sure. So the first three years in business, I kept my regular day job. Oh, wow. And uh, I ran a manufacturing operation. And so when you're running a manufacturing operation, it's not uncommon to work 60, 70 hours a week. Wow. But yet you're still trying to start a business. Yeah. And so my life, literally for the first three years of starting this business was up at 530, get to work, work till 530, 6 o'clock, go on a sales call. Wow. And the first few years are very difficult in that you don't have employees. You're doing mostly yeah. everything yourself. You have a helper because a lot of this stuff you just can't do by yourself because
2: sure. of the
1: bulkiness yeah. of the materials.
2: Yeah.
1: But it was get some work. Then it was install the work. And yeah. When you're installing the work, you can't sell, find new customers. Yeah. Because you you're having to support the customers that you've already acquired, and so it was take two steps forward, take two steps back, a couple steps forward, couple steps back. Yeah. Continuously kind of learn where you're at with that. It, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's really interesting. We um, you know, my my business partner Christian and I, we we talk about the difference between working in your business and on your business a lot, and. I get caught, unfortunately, and especially this week for a lot of different reasons. Um, I get caught working in the business a lot and doing a lot of the nature of work type activities and things that are repeatable that, you know, I could teach somebody else to do type of thing, but also things that, you know, I need to know how to do at the same time. And it's interesting, um, you know, our uh, we, have, we have a great set of employees, um, they, they work very hard and you know, sometimes things happen, and you know, you fall behind, just like every other business mm-hmm. has has different issues and struggles and things like that. But um, the thing that's really that that I like is that when you get somebody that specializes in in one thing, and so for you, I could see you perhaps having like a door guy or a closet guy, or you know, or this person does this type of built-in, or or this person does this type of measurement type of thing, and when they specialize on that on that one little thing. Uh, or maybe it seems little, but that can blossom into a into a whole piece of your business, and they get really good at it too, you know? Um, how much, so are you still doing everything by yourself virtually, or do you have helpers, or how does it work? So,
1: you know, fortunately, we've grown to the point to where I do very few installs Yeah, now Yeah, right. I'm, you know, we've grown to the point to where now I'm doing sales calls, sure. and, you know, sales calls are not in a home one time, and... You're done. They're, yeah, you know, a couple different visits for sure. every customer, yeah, uh, for different reasons. And uh, we we've been blessed in that um, we've come, you know, we've partnered up with some really skilled and talented individuals. And then, of course, my son joined us when he graduated college, mm-hmm. and now he's been that with helps us. too. It does, yeah. and he's been with us for four years now, and has just turned into. Uh, I like to say a chip off the old block. Oh yeah, tip off the old dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, and our customers love them. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, I think the 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 thing I'm most most proud of of anything that we've done to this point is that, um, six years in this business, we've never had one customer give us a negative review. That's tremendous. It's straight five star reviews from all of our customers out there. Yeah. And if I was to be Again, proudest of any one thing that we've accomplished in this business, that would be it. And yeah. Our focus is always on the customer. Yeah. And making sure that they're happy with what we've done.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a scary climate out there. Um, you know, we've we've had several customers where they'll have I, I can I can think of um well, an attorney that we work with, for example, and the uh, you know, he ends up getting a negative review over something that he had no control over, type of thing. And I'm sure you've heard this horror story mm-hmm. a million times over. But it's a really sad and scary climate that we're that we're in, where somebody can can take away from somebody's reputation without, you know, maybe without doing business with them or without getting a full story or, uh, you know, that type of thing. Well, and,
1: if you notice, when I said five star rating from all of our customers, customers, yeah, yeah, all right, we've had uh, two yeah. negative reviews from non-customers. Yeah,
0: maybe competitors or something. You
2: know? No, th- well the. the
1: you never know, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. when you don't get a chance to meet them, but um, you know, some people just think products should cost to X when right. it costs Y, yeah. And sure. when you won't get down to X, they get mad, yeah, and yeah, they'll ding you for it. Yeah, and that's happened. That's happened twice.
0: That's that's such an interesting thing. Like, uh, you know, we we've experienced something very similar to that. You know, and uh, you know, I've never believed. Well, my background, I, I used to buy and sell classic cars. Right, and there's this saying in the car industry. It's like you can have a cheap car, you can have a fast car, and you can have a car that looks good. Well, you get to pick two, only two. So if you have, if you got a cheap car and a fast car, it ain't gonna look good. If you got a fast car that looks good, it ain't gonna be cheap, you know. And if you have, if you have what was the third, a cheap car that looks good, it ain't gonna run good, you know. So it's it's like, um, it's it's really interesting from a societal standpoint. From a, from a uh, you know, we think about our economy and it's really interesting that people get, get mad when people want to walk away from business transactions, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I, I'll walk away from a business transaction just because I don't like the other person on the <laughs> on the other line, I've done it many times, and uh, I don't think I'm that hard to get along with either, but um, sometimes there's just incompatibilities there, and I don't know why people get, get mad about those things, it's part of life, you know. Um, so looking back, when you, know, you start this business, uh, you decide you're all in, feet forward, uh, launching this business, looking back is there anything that say like you wish you would have known and not not specific work stuff so it's like oh you know this this clause looks better or this door looks better than that or something but is there anything that you wish that you would have known um, 6 years ago about owning your own business about any of the any of the journey that you've taken is there any anything that maybe you could you know maybe there's a somebody that wants to start a, a closet and doors business in California so it's not a competitor of yours but uh let's say they want to start one within the month and what what do you wish you would have known if you were in that circumstance uh having a having a solid business
1: plan to start mm-hmm. with and being properly capitalized mm-hmm. uh, you know we didn't start off with a great business plan mm-hmm. and we were undercapitalized yeah which which was prime the primary reason why I had to continue working. Yeah. Sure. You know, one job will we build the brand of another another business. Mm-hmm. Um it, you, you when you're so stretched, when you when you get so stretched from your bandwidth of time that you make you make mistakes you wouldn't normally make yeah. because you're your lack of detail due to your lack of time. Right. Sure. And um so I, I think if I were to have, you know, if we went back six years and we were to start this over again, I probably would have taken a business loan Oh to start wow. this business. Yeah. And done it a little bit differently because we we got there debt free. Mm-hmm. Um but you definitely paid your time and dividends. Yeah. Though, you know. And um it took that much longer for the business to get to where it is now. Yeah, because I could only devote so much
0: time. To yeah, it. it wasn't your primary focus for the first while. So right. it's it's really interesting. Um, you know, I, I hear that exact thing a lot on this show. Um, I hear the, you know, if you make the decision to go for something, just go for it. You know, and it's it's I think it's really scary, and especially for upcoming entrepreneurs. I mean, six years ago. You, you would have no idea that you'd have the success that you have today with that either. The, the future is always an unknown and, a, and not a certainty. but um, by the same token, it's like you know you don't want to be in debt. There's always that like mm-hmm. that like impending bear on your shoulder. but it's also like if you have a good solid business plan, um, I believe in hedging your bets, you know And so it's like if you have a if you have a good plan and you and, you know you look at the statistics, you do the analysis, if you talk to a business coach, um, you know you, you think about all the different types of types of things and, and once you make that decision, say, hey, this can work, you work it. you know you, you, you go all in with stuff. Um, our company was birthed in much the same way. Um, I owned a nutrition or two nutrition stores at the time and my business partner was doing sales for a drone company and we kind of worked in the, in the 5 p.m to 9 p.m type of capacity for the first year that we were open as well. And uh, while I don't regret that, um, it's interesting because as I look back, um, there's certain things that I would have liked to have done differently, for sure. You know, and it's always interesting to hear what people what people um, you know think about that type of thing. So, what what do you think about? I love to talk about technology and innovation too. Um, what what do you think that you see? You know, you have this this great opportunity at your hands where you can basically flip around stuff that should take a month and a day or whatever. Um, what do you think the technology is going to convert to over the next? couple of years do you think processes like that are going to be more common and uh maybe different materials with with the stuff that you work with where do you see that going well, well
1: i would think so you know as technology evolves mm-hmm. you know who, who i what sets us apart from s- virtually anybody mm-hmm. you know there there is literally no one that does or can do what we do, Yeah, right? When I say a two, three, four week project condensed down to a number of hours, that's exactly what it is. I come into a home with what I call my $30,000 digital measuring toy. Mm -hmm. And I digitize all these door openings, which creates digital maps of those door openings, which then in turn creates a tool cutting path for a CNC. So whatever imperfections are in that door opening and give me the oldest home that's out there that's had all the settling, that goes on with a Weird home, shapes and lines and, and stuff. give me the wonkiest opening there is. We're going to put a door in there that fits perfect, and it's only going to take a few minutes to put that door in. Wow. That is the use of technology that no one else can do. And mm-hmm. the the whole evolution of that technology is in itself a very interesting story. The folks in one the One Day brand out in California, they did doors the old-fashioned way. And they had a fairly decent business doing that. And the father, it's a father and two sons, the father was having his countertops changed out. Mm -hmm. And they come in with this measuring device and started measuring out his countertops and him being uh, the he's an engineer as well, looking at this. Yeah, his brain's and he's looking at how somebody's doing what they're doing with the countertops and thinking, Boy, you know, we could do that with doors. Mm And so he started asking a guy doing the measurements a bunch of questions, and he could only answer so much. So he got all the information off the machine that was being used, and got in contact ne- with yeah. The next thing you know, yep. and they spent years developing it to be applicable to doors, and the rest is history for them. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a gentleman who, you know, sees something and doesn't just ignore it, and is he's curious as to yeah. what it does and how could that benefit him, mm-hmm. and. Now they've taken that process, refined that process, and went national with yeah. that process, and we're kind of a beneficiary of that initial yeah that initial countertop push. being yeah, yeah done right.
0: It's it's so interesting. You you look back and you see you know people are continually bouncing ideas off of each other, and yet whenever you whenever you find a new innovation of sorts, it always seems like there's a story like that. It always seems like somebody was curious and they just asked the right questions, and and not only were they curious, but they followed that curiosity into into then what becomes a whole new business model. Uh, the same could be said of you when you were when you were um, creating yourself or your wife or however you want to call it your 25 year anniversary gift, mm-hmm. which is you know you're you're building this thing, you're enjoying doing it, and then you follow a curiosity. You know you say you say hey this might this might be a business type of thing, and then you follow it, you explore it, and God knows there's a bunch of ideas that get that get shot down the toilet or whatever, but um, a lot of times you end up finding something that you can really like, you know? So it's, uh, it's really interesting how, how things come to be, I guess you could say, but um, anyway. Well, that uh, pretty much wraps up our time today, Scott. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, uh, I always like to sign off with a funny question, and then, and then we'll we'll give you a shout-out as well. Um, so my funny question is, now that you've been doing what you've been doing for, for a couple years, do you find yourself like looking at, at doors and closets and be like that one, oh, that one's off an inch. <laughs> you know, do you see do you do you look at them and you and you see where they're messed up and stuff? No,
1: we're, when when we're watching television shows we'll yeah. say, "Well, that's a Savannah. hey, look at they got Savannah doors on oh, there." Oh, really? We've that's got funny. Cod Cod doors on there yeah. or uh you know, see you know, see a star um movie stars closet and go
0: Yeah. Oh, I could do that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, or I could do a better job with that, you know. In some instances. Yeah, uh, you're you're always critical of of like the stuff that that you know you do for a living or whatever. We have a um, we have a guy that that does um, countertops and stuff, and and it's kind of a similar story in the sense that it was it was like a passion project for him. You know, like he started off just enjoying doing like the home uh home maintenance, remodeling stuff like that. And long story short, like whenever he goes into into a kitchen or whatever, it he tries his hardest not to like not to like stare down the countertops, but then as soon as he sees it, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and, he, and, he and, and and he'll and he'll start like like manually, you know, his eye, his eyes will pop, and he'll just start manually. He's kind of a crazy person too, but he, uh, you know, he'll start like manually thinking about things, and he'll, you know, he'll he'll uh, get to it. But anyway, so Scott, uh, let's say somebody needs a door or a closet, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Uh, well, one day charlotte.com is our website. Uh, Get to see everything that we do. There's a gallery of work that we've already done as well. Or you can always give us a call at 704 771 6249. We'd be happy to help you out.
0: Very good. Scott, thank you for joining me today. I want to give the best videographer in the face of the earth, David Woodruff, a shout out because I forgot to at the beginning of the show, like I always do. Um, just like loop it into the front or something. <laughs> I get David to, to cut and cut all kinds of funny videos of me. But David Woodruff is with Genesis Film TV. Make sure to show him some love when you see it. And Scott, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Again, thank you for having me.